Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Future Brew right here on MazeandBrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, per usual, John Simmons, our recruiting expert here at MazeandBrew.com, and Steven Asentoski, Mr. A five-tool man himself. Boys, how we doing? Doing good. Yeah. Doing good. Pretty Busy. Well <laughs> Steven, hey. I can imagine that you're uh, getting a little bit busier now with the YouTube stuff now that the uh, basketball and hockey teams are now back in action. You're probably breaking down a lot of stuff. You want to plug some stuff over on the YouTube channel real quick? Yeah, lots of breakdowns, uh, basketball breakdowns, which are doing really well. Uh, people seem to like my uh, mediocre comedy that I've injected in some of those. <laughs> and then hockey, uh, they're – they're a crazy team. They're like a chaos team, like Indiana football of years past. So, oh boy. So it's exciting to watch. Um, but yeah, it was part of me was really excited when they announced some of the rescheduled games for Michigan basketball. And then I see there's like four games in four in like six days or something crazy towards the end of the season here. And it's just like, whew, going to ramp it up. But, uh, but no, it's all, all fun, all good and exciting. Yeah, there's a lot happening, and uh, I I definitely encourage everybody to go check out Stephen's work on the YouTube channel. It's uh, it's it's some good stuff, and we we link all of those video breakdowns on the site too. So wherever you want to go check it out, uh, please do so. Stephen puts in an honest day's work doing all of that, so we greatly appreciate uh, his contributions to the site, and uh, appreciate you checking all that out. But let's get to the football recruiting stuff here boys and uh, there's been quite a bit here that happened uh, just over the last few days and I, I think the big news uh, that is stemming from over the last few days is uh, uh, Brian Jean-Marie 
uh, Bolton to Tennessee to take a job uh, with the football program there. Was at Michigan for one season, coaching the linebackers uh, under defensive coordinator Don Brown. It looked like Gene Marie was going to stay on. And then this happened. I know that he, he had an interview with Urban Meyer for a, a defensive coaching job down with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but that obviously never panned out. So in my mind, I thought that everything was set in stone here, but then this, this happens a, a bolts for uh, a program like Tennessee and uh, obviously a good pickup for them recruiting wise, just because uh, he is a, a hell of a recruiter, not only just uh, in the South, but in general, um, he, he is a, a very well liked on the recruiting trail and uh, it goes to show because he helped land uh, two of Michigan's best prospects on the defensive side of the ball in this past class, junior Colson, Jaden hood, both linebackers there. Uh, so a good get for Tennessee, definitely a big loss for U of M. Uh, they're going to be shaking up the staff here a little bit. So uh, to fill the void with the linebackers, George Hilo is going to be moving from coaching the safeties to coaching linebackers, which is Pretty good news, I would say, because that's where he coached. Uh, the, that was the position that he coached at Maryland, which was his previous stop. Uh, and then Ron Bellamy is going to be moving to the safeties to fill in for Hilo. Uh, and Josh Gaddis is going to be picking up the full-time wide receiver job uh, duties there, as he had been doing anyways. So, um, John, I'll start with you. I just want to get your answer real quick. Do you think these changes – uh, in the coaching staff, you think they will affect recruiting at all? And if so, will it be uh, a positive or a negative? Because in my mind, I think it could have an effect on the 22 guys. Uh, just the fact that Bellamy has been sending offers to receivers and connecting with guys, and now he's going to be moving to safety. So he's going to have to pick up on some of these guys that they were going after. And it brings up a question of, well, uh, has he spoken with the safety commit in the class yet? Taylor Groves. So I, it must be strange for these guys to be recruited by one coach. And now they're going to be recruited by another one. But that other guy that they were just being recruited by is still on staff. So a little strange. So uh, do you think it Im impacts the recruiting of these guys at all, John? Yeah, I think it's nice to have continuity in the, the guys you're recruiting. Um, but it's not like uh, Hilo left the staff. You'll still be there on his linebackers so I don't think uh for the safety commit specifically it's going to be that big of a deal I do think overall the staff it is like an, a net negative uh recruiting for the staff overall just because the guy replacing uh John Murray Matt Weiss hasn't been in the college game in the last dozen years or so so he just you know hasn't recruited in a long time and uh you know he was part of a different era of recruiting when he was in stone college. So I think uh, he just basically an unknown right now. And John Murray did do a really good job. He was one of the, the better uh, recruiters on the 2020 staff. So uh, losing him will take a bit of a hit and him going to Tennessee actually is a little, uh, you know, nerve wracking because Michigan's been putting in so much time and effort with guys there and, you know, having a guy who, has been in on all those meetings and seeing the strategy of how they're going after these guys and having him go to the major in-state program that uh, is also going after the same pool of players. I think that'll help them as they try to keep uh, players in state. Uh, so that's, I think that'll be a little bit tougher going forward now too. But uh, in terms of like the purely defensive prospects, 
for the 22 class, I don't think it'll be a huge loss. I think it's going to help with a guy like Dylan Tatum, John, a guy that is definitely very familiar with uh, the new safety coach at U of M, Ron Bellamy, who was his head coach uh, when he was at West Bloomfield this past season. So you would imagine that that would, at the very least, uh, give a bump in Michigan's favor. Um, uh, just given the fact that they're recruiting him as a defensive back, doesn't really seem like they want him on the offensive side of the ball. But regardless of where they want him, I think Ron Bellamy is going to be in his ear or in his ear uh, all day long uh, up until uh, he ends up deciding on his recruitment. So I, I think that's going to help for sure, and it definitely could help with some of the other guys as well. I think most of these guys are pretty good recruiters, anyways, but. It just leaves open the question of with, with the guys already committed, obviously they'll have to form those relationships as well. And, um, and we'll definitely see how it impacts all that moving forward. So uh, Steven wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Michigan's new QB coach as well, Matt Weiss. And as John was saying, hasn't really been in the college game for a minute there, but he is like a lot of the other assistants on staff currently he's a young guy he's under the age of 40 uh he was with the baltimore ravens so there's that uh harbaugh tree there obviously uh probably led an assist to him getting hired uh to michigan but how do you think this impacts uh, the quarterbacks in the room currently and then also with recruiting the position moving forward yeah it's interesting to me because i was all on board with harbaugh going back as a qb coach i always kind of thought having another QB coach on the staff was a little redundant. So I was ready to move forward with that. Um, the thing that intrigues me about Matt Weiss is he was, you know, obviously a running backs coach for, uh, or at least a part of the Ravens coaching staff for 12 years, running backs coach the past few years. Um, he just seems like a really smart dude. Everything I've read about him, he kind of led some like game theory and a lot of like statistical analysis uh, on, on that front for the Ravens. So seems like Michigan is either going with like a Mo linguist, um, a kind of guy who will head up the recruiting. And I think having Mo linguist on staff helps alleviate some of the Brian Jean-Marie aspects of recruiting. But then on the other side, you have a Mike McDonald, a guy who hasn't really been in, uh, the college ranks recently for recruiting. And then you bring in a guy like Matt Weiss, who's kind of a similar guy who has been, really lauded for his, uh, for his intelligence, for his quick path upwards, his trajectory, maybe not, you know, he probably won't be a plus recruiter. And I think that's okay because I think Jim Harbaugh will still lead that and, and kind of choose the QB board there. So yeah, I think it's more of a red herring to give him like the QB coach designation. I think he'll be part of obviously coaching that group, but I see his, uh, impact more on kind of the game theory. Maybe he'll, he'll work closely with the uh, like quarterback running back communication on a lot of read options and, and an area that I thought could have used a lot of work last year. So, uh, you know, there's lots of aspects. I think he'll contribute beyond just a QB coach. And I like kind of this, this football nerd approach with Weiss and uh, McDonald that Michigan seems to be going in on a few guys here. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, All given all of that, obviously having him worked with uh, one of the more electric quarterbacks in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, uh, for the last little bit, that's probably going to help. Obviously, he wasn't the QB coach 
there, but just incorporating some of the running game aspects into those things. I think that would be an interesting thing to watch moving forward as far as the on-field stuff, but off the field stuff with the recruiting, we'll just, it's kind of just a wait and see uh, to see if he can be like a, a Mo linguist or one of these newer uh, coaches on staff who have been really hitting the ground running, uh, sending offers, connecting with kids, getting commitments, th- that sort of thing. So obviously it's going to be a little different with quarterback. You really only take in one, maybe two per cycle, usually just one. But uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if, if the QB board gets impacted at all uh, with him coming in. I would doubt it just because, like you had mentioned, Stephen, I kind of do think it's it's Harbaugh's board at the end of the day with the quarterbacks and they're going to go after the guys that Harbaugh wants. And I mean, Harbaugh is pretty much the QB coach anyways. When, when they're warming up on field, who's the guy throwing the ball to the quarterbacks? It's Jim Harbaugh. And he's been doing that since he's been here. So, um, yeah, I, I think if anything, it, it's probably a, a good thing to, to kind of shift things over a little bit. And uh, I do think that, uh, and I want John, I want to get your thoughts on this with with all the young guys on staff now, it just it, in recruiting in general, obviously, you'll still have like a primary recruiter, but I could see more and more coaches getting in on some of these bigger recruitments uh, moving forward, especially these five stars they're going after, like Walter Nolan, uh, Will Johnson, who we'll talk about a little bit later on. I could see just because. It, these guys just seem electric. They, they seem energetic. They seem like they want to connect with these guys. I feel like it could be a big team effort with all these young recruiters now on staff moving forward uh, with some of these bigger fish. What do you think? Yeah, I think a lot of times it, it takes more than one guy on the staff to uh, give a recruit, you know, a good feel of the program. You know, they want that family feeling, those relationships to be developed. So I think uh, you're going to see a lot of a mixture of, you know, a, an area recruiter and a position recruiter, if they're not the same guy, uh, hopefully we see uh, Jim Harbaugh, you know, jump on recruiting calls even more often. I think he's stepped up his game a lot during, you know, the pandemic when everyone had to be at home. I think that kind of reignited his effort, um, but I, I think he can still uh, be more of a, a nine inning recruiter um, instead of just coming in at the end. So I think uh, that'll help a lot too. Uh, you're going to see lots of guys, like, you know, take the state of Michigan, for example. You know, Sharon Moore was the the main recruiter for that state the last couple seasons. But then you bring in Ron Bellamy and Mike Hart, who both have established connections. And so uh, now that you have a coach on both sides of the ball uh, with responsibilities for in-state, I think you can see, uh, you know, in-state guys getting uh, having relationships with two or three of those uh, recruiters there to help them get a better feel. So I think it, it's going to take, you know, the the whole crew to land like a Walter Nolan, for example, from Tennessee. Um, if they want to get him, you know, it's going to take those Zoom calls with like the entire defensive staff to make him feel real loved and Matt Dudek and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, support staffers uh, to help get these guys home but I think that they're all willing to be collaborative and uh, you know not have their own boards and just be more uh, vocal and communicating with each other. Steven do you think that something like that would eventually lead to Michigan continuing to climb up the recruiting rankings because they I mean let's be real they've landed some five stars here and there but they haven't been 
like the elite programs that obviously the fans want them to be on the recruiting trail. They haven't landed consistent five stars in classes like Ohio state does like Alabama does. I mean, these obviously the programs and schools are definitely different, but do you think these little changes here and there will lead to them landing more big fish on the recruiting trail as soon as this 22 class? Yeah, I honestly, I don't see it for like the 22 class. I think about what we saw for the 21 class right around number 10 uh, is about the highest you can get without like a big, shake up at like the head coaching position. Like I think Jim Harbaugh after the 2016 season really capitalized on being part of the national conversation. And I think that's just where you have to be to pull, you know, the 2017 class, I think was top five, uh, didn't end up being uh, top five in terms of production with a lot of transfers, but in terms of recruiting rankings, I think that's the kind of momentum you need. And without that, uh, it, it's just really hard to get a top 10 class. I, I am of the belief that Michigan should never fall outside of the top 20, just with the yeah. pit pitch that you can make, but to crack the top seven consistently, you have to be a top five program. You have to be competing, oh, at least in the conversation of the playoff. And while I think a lot of these shifts will get Michigan closer to a lot of these, uh, these high end targets, closer to signing day ultimately they're going to sign with the those teams that are in the playoff or consistently competing for that so i think until they can get there you're kind of capped out around number 10 um and and you just got to break through and as soon as you break through you have to capitalize on that and then just stack those opportunities and stack those results on the field otherwise you're just kind of kind of stuck where michigan is around the 10 to 15 range yeah i agree i i think that's kind of what you have to look forward to if you really want more big wins on the trail is to get more big wins on the field. And uh, obviously you can't get big wins on the field uh, without some good recruits. Uh, but the way that they've been recruiting, they definitely should have more big wins than they've had uh, over the last few years uh, in Ann Arbor. So yeah, uh, I agree. Get some big wins, maybe some key victories against some uh, specific rivals that I won't mention on this podcast. And who knows, maybe you can be in the conversation for some more of these five stars and have them heavily consider you in, in their recruitment. So I agree, uh, but we'll just wait and see how all that goes. Um, John, any final thoughts before we uh, move on to the next segment here? No, not really. I'm no. excited to talk about the guy we're talking about next segment. So. Well, that is a perfect transition. You know what? We're, I'm going to stop you there because we got to talk about our latest sponsor first before we get to him. Uh, and, and that is Homefield, which is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis right here in the Midwest. Not only is their stuff comfy, but it is officially licensed gear, so they do not screw around when it comes to their designs. The team over at Homefield, they study every school's history, traditions, legacies, and with that, they create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And they've got some amazing original Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else from t-shirts, crewnecks, you name it. They got it. Uh, they have anything that you need to stay cozy. So if you're looking for some vintage apparel, look no further than home field and use that promo code MNB as in Maize and Brew to get 20% off your entire first order. Well, go to homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code MNB at your checkout. You'll get 20% off your entire first order. So one more time, homefieldapparel.com. Go there today, get 20% off. You won't regret it. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We are back. We're going to wrap up today's podcast talking about arguably Michigan's top guy on the board in the 22 class. He is number one for me as a most important uh, player uh, at probably the most important position of need in this 22 class for the Wolverines. That's cornerback Will Johnson, five-star from Gross Point. Uh, he's going to be committing this weekend. He's the number eight overall player, number one player in the state of Michigan, and the number four cornerback on 24-7 Sports' composite rankings. Uh, rep- reportedly going to be deciding between Michigan, Ohio State, and USC. Pretty big top three there, uh, three blue blood programs, three uh, fantastic programs with uh, lots of tradition there. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one to see down the stretch, how it all goes, all the crystal balls right now in Michigan's favor. We'll obviously keep an eye on that monitor that as the week progresses here. But John, you said right before the break, you were excited to talk about him. So I'll just ask you flat out here. Where do you think Michigan fits in his final three? I think you'll they're at number one right now. I he's, you know, the son of a former Michigan player. He, uh, it looks like reports are that OSU has been fading as of lately. Uh, you know, USC is making up ground, but when those other schools shuffle and the, the top school doesn't change, that usually means a good thing for the top school. And in this case, that's always been Michigan. He's had crystal balls for a while. I think Sam Webb even and Steve Wolfong, both at 24-7, uh, just recently upped their confident picks uh, to for Johnson to, to go to Michigan. So I think – uh, that's all really good sign. Um, he he chopped down his uh, timeline. I think he said earlier he wanted to decide by the end of March, and now it's a month earlier uh, without any other notable changes really that you can think of. So I think he just wants to get it over with and uh, help bring in more studs uh, to the recruiting class. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I'm I'm right there with you. I do think Michigan leads in this recruitment as of today. Obviously, with him uh, being such a high-profile player, anything can change at any given time. Recruiting is weird when it comes to stuff like that. So, Stephen, um, I'll, I'll turn things over to you. The team that I think is a big dark horse in this race here is USC, 
and obviously just uh, throw out the nice weather and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, that's, you know, with any recruitment for USC. Uh, but he's got a buddy that committed there not long ago, Domani Jackson, another five-star cornerback uh, that Michigan uh, is likely still targeting, even though he's committed to USC. So uh, don't rule out USC. I, I think they're a big dark horse here. I think if it doesn't end up being Michigan, I think it will end up being USC. And uh, that would create a, <laughs> a, a pretty good, a duo over there uh, for the Trojans and would be a huge loss for Michigan if that were the case. But um, what are your thoughts on all that, Stephen? Yeah. I mean, Dante Williams over there, the assistant head coach and the defensive backs coach at USC, he's a really good recruiter. Uh, Somehow he's been recruiting well at USC, despite the lack of (laughs) the lack of results for them. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with the facilities, the beautiful landscape, uh, when you have Damani Jackson going there, you know, they're about as as close to a dual package I've ever seen since covering recruiting. So I think the big things there is it can that overcome all the things Michigan has in its favor, like uh, the long relationships, you know, the legacy aspect, being able to build something up at Michigan, bring them back, uh, which is something that USC also has in their favor. But yeah, I, I think. I think that you're not wrong in saying they're the dark horse and there was a lot of OSU talk. I think USC, especially with Damani Jackson, uh, they'll be in his ear more than, uh, than people are maybe expecting, but, um, but I, I still just think there's too many things in Michigan's favor, right? Like, like John said, when you hear Michigan and then there's a lot of Ohio state buzz and then there's some USC buzz and, uh, different teams crop up that it's usually what's not being said where it's like, yeah, these teams are challenging Michigan and you don't have to mention Michigan because they're kind of at the front and these other teams are pushing. So I think the biggest thing for me is, is Michigan needed to, to get in his ear to say, Hey, this is the new staff. Just see if you are uh, you know, that you gel well with this new staff and it seemingly uh, um, assuaged, Again, I'm using that word. I don't know what where I'm getting this word, word of the from. day right there, Stephen. Define there that is. one. Assuaged any um, <laughs> quelled. There's another one. Quelled any concerns <laughs> about joining the new staff. So I, I think that's it, right? If he still had questions about what Michigan staff had to offer, I, I don't know if it would be mm-hmm. a decision this quickly. So I think him moving up the timeline, yeah. make setting that date here is is a really good sign. But I'm with you. If it's not Michigan, I think USC. Uh, is a school maybe not getting enough uh, enough conversation right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of reminiscent here for this recruitment of the Donovan Edwards one as well, like kind of like you, what you mentioned, Stephen. Michigan's been in this one throughout, obviously, with the relationship, uh, his father being uh, a, a U of M player uh, back in the day. Uh, but with Edwards, it was always Michigan and another school. It was Michigan and Ohio State. Then it was Michigan and Georgia. Then it, Michigan and Oklahoma. Michigan's always... Uh, the centerpiece of that conversation in the recruiting world. So the fact that Will Johnson, it's kind of been the same thing. At one point it was Michigan, Ohio state. And then now USC is getting some buzz here. And uh, he put Arizona state in his top list. Originally they were getting some love there, but it's always been Michigan and it always comes back to Michigan. So at the end of the day, uh, I I do expect the Wolverines to uh, get some good news this weekend, but obviously uh, I, you know, I would, I would put in a low confidence crystal ball if I were one of the experts, just because recruiting is weird, weird things happen in recruiting. 
and uh, I, I don't want to cause some uh, some bad juju here uh, for Michigan because I would like to see uh, uh, Michigan land a top top recruit here uh, that they desperately need at, at a position of need. Um, John, I want to go back to you real quick about something that you briefly mentioned right at the end of what you were talking about earlier with the fact that uh, if Will Johnson gets on board, uh, he's going to be recruiting some of these other top guys. And it seems like Walter Nolan might be another one of those guys that he's already spoken with. So I don't want to say like that's a foreshadow of, you know, Will Johnson's for sure going to commit to Michigan and now go full head uh, recruiting Walter Nolan and some of these other top guys. You would imagine probably Domani Jackson will get recruited by Will Johnson as well to uh, flip his commitment to Michigan. But I think that is a very underrated aspect of Will Johnson potentially committing to Michigan this weekend is being able to now turn your attention to some of these other big guys and those big guys in turn then go, Hey, uh, there's a top 10 player on the composite committed to Michigan going after me. He thinks I'm a good player. I'm maybe I should go to Michigan. So I think that could uh, definitely lead to, I'm not going to say Michigan's going to land Walter Nolan or anybody like that, but it furthers the conversation of them being in that recruitment for them. It already seems like Michigan's pretty high up on Nolan's list at this time. Uh, he, definitely in the top 10, but within that top 10, I would venture to say that they're probably somewhere closer to like the top five or seven. So potentially if Johnson commits, maybe that pushes Michigan up the list a smidge. What do you think? Yeah, I think it kind of seems counterintuitive, but elite players want to go play with other elite players. Um, you know, these guys that are ranked in the top 10 or the five stars, like they know they can play wherever they go or believe that they have the talent to make it whatever school they pick. So they don't really care about the depth chart or who else is coming into class. They just, you know, they want their chance at winning games and championships um, before they go on to the NFL. So I think it's definitely appealing to have one of the top players uh, in the country in your class early and being able to recruit for almost a full cycle here. Um, I think it also is going to create a little bit of a crunch at defensive backs that is going to get some guys to pull the trigger. Specifically, I'm thinking of Jaden Gould, the New Jersey four-star who is like posting in, uh, stories on his Instagram of like Michigan women's basketball and hockey beating Ohio state. So uh, he's not being not very subtle about his love for Michigan that he's uh, you know, posting other sports, beating uh, Ohio State uh, other than football. So I think once Will Johnson, uh, if he decides to commit to Michigan, I think you could see someone like Gould come uh, in pretty soon after. And after that, it's going to be pretty tight on defensive back uh, spots. So, you know, someone like Devontae Jackson will always have a spot if he wants in. But, you know, like Miles P Pollard, the Tennessee three-star Mm -hmm. uh, could may, maybe speed up his timeline if he wants to get in because there's only, there's a limited amount of spots. And if Michigan's filling up on these top 150 types, it's going to uh, give them the leverage uh, to, you know, maybe put some pressure on these guys to make decisions. So I think that's another positive aspect of him uh, committing so early. Steven, do you think that, Will Johnson is the tip top guy on Michigan's recruiting board in 22. Cause I, you could make an argument for some of these other guys, you know, maybe Domani Jackson, if you think he's a better cornerback overall than Will Johnson, but just given the proximity of everything, the fact that he is a five-star in the home state father played there, I think he's got to be number one, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And at a position of need, right? You need these guys and um, having a, a top 10 national guy who's a six, three corner in your backyard, who's a legacy and losing him either out West or God forbid your, your hated rival that would, I mean, kind of tunnel, I don't want to say like tunnel a program, but I couldn't look myself in the mirror. <laughs> I'm not trying to be critical, but uh, if I lose that guy to Ohio state and uh, I don't know, Michigan just has way too much in their favor here. Uh, you'd really, it, it would be a, a, a kick in the pants, a swift one. So yeah, it, it, I think it's more top of the board because of Ohio state being there. But I mean, all of the things you said, being a legacy position of need, uh, being a top 10 recruit, there's just so much on the line. If he, if he doesn't go to Michigan and, um, you know, I think other recruits noticing that that would be a big thing that I don't want to venture either. Right. Like this is a guy, a legacy right in the backyard, long relationship. And he decided not to go to Michigan. Why should I, if he, you know, had this long relationship and so on and so forth. So I think for all of those reasons, yeah, it's an absolute top of the board need to get that guy. And, uh, and I expect him to be kind of a leader of the class, at least for the defensive side, um, to really get the, the thing snowballing as, as John said as well. Yeah. The fact that you're having pretty much your entire staff go in and be on these zoom calls with Will Johnson, he's just, it's just one of those situations where you know that he's among the top guys on their board and rightfully so. And they've been recruiting him for quite some time. He's been a highly ranked guy for quite some time and you can't just stop doing that. Um, especially with Ohio state and USC and some of these other really good schools uh, coming in and trying to steal him away from your backyard. And uh, these are the kinds of recruitments that, that could, like we were talking about earlier, that could end up propelling Michigan to getting big results on the field which would then in turn get more big time recruiting wins uh, on the recruiting trail. So if, if you want to compete with these guys, it's just like what we were talking about earlier. If you want to compete with the Bama's and Ohio States of the world, you got to eventually land some of these top guys. And Will Johnson is just one of those guys that you have to land a five-star in-state guy who had his dad literally go to U of M play on the team it's just one of those recruitments that you can't lose. And if you do end up losing it, then obviously it's a tough pill to swallow. You just got to move forward from that. But I don't anticipate that happening. Uh, this, If they do end up getting his commitment, this is a monster win on the trail, especially so early in the cycle. Because, I mean, with, with me comparing it to the Donovan Edwards recruitment, the one difference there is Edwards took his recruitment up until signing day. Obviously, if Johnson verbally commits, you got to hang on to that verbal commitment and make sure that you keep communicating with him, give him the full on plan, uh, make sure that the coaches continue to Zoom call him and keep him involved with uh, who they're going to be recruiting moving forward. I think that all of those things will help solidify that commitment and uh, will hopefully end up assisting Michigan in some other recruiting efforts as well uh, with some of these other top guys. So, um, John, any any other final thoughts from you, my friend? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just waiting for Sunday now. Yeah, so it'll be this Sunday. I I don't believe a time was was ever given. I, I 
correct me if I'm wrong, John, but I, I didn't see a time there. It's, is it like a I wait and see one. kind of deal? Okay. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see what ends up happening. Of course, it'll be Eastern time. So it, it won't be like a, <laughs> like, like it drops at 1130 PM or something like that. So it'll be sometime Sunday. Uh, so I, I would uh, keep your eyes peeled to Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. And uh, I would imagine that's, that's where it'll end up. Uh, taking place at so uh, boys thanks for joining me as always and thank you everybody for listening to future brew i uh, greatly appreciate it you can follow me on twitter at vaughn underscore lozon john where are you at at simmons underscore john steven how about you at steven toski follow maize and brew on twitter facebook instagram at maize and brew uh like I said, at the beginning of the pod, go check out Steven's YouTube work. Uh, just type in Maze and Brew. You'll find it. He's posting videos all the time. I don't think Steven sleeps these days. Do you sleep at all, Steven? Uh, a brisk 30 minutes per night. Oh, feel great. So, so you're like Buddy the Elf. You get a good 15 minutes in your set. Sounds that's good. It. Okay, that's, it. That's, that's all he needs. Back to the, uh, the editing bay there. Um, but yeah, go check out the YouTube stuff. Steven's pumping out content all the time. It's uh, it's great work. We would appreciate that and give all of our podcasts uh, five stars and all that good stuff. Uh, we would appreciate that as well. So for Stephen and John, I am Vaughn. We'll be back next week with another edition of Future Brew. But until then, go Blue.